The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. Hello and welcome to this episode in the series People, Places and the Climate Crisis. This is the second to last of the entire series and is one with a difference where we have a panel discussion with members of the Nelson and Tasman communities. I'm Lindsay Wood from climate strategy company Resilience Limited and the series is brought to you by Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. There are other ways you can listen, including to the full-length panel discussion, bearing in mind what you're about to hear is quite condensed. At the end of the show, I'll give you details of how you can access them. Last week, we heard Nelson and Tasman mayoral candidates answering the fourth of our set questions. Next week, we'll learn what they would conjure up if they had a magic climate strategy wand. But here is this week's episode, the panel discussion. Well, in this episode of the People, Places and the Climate Crisis series, we have a different and very special event. We have a wonderful and diverse climate-savvy panel who've engaged with the series and will give us their take on what they've heard. And I'm sitting with bated breath, dying to hear their different views. In this order, we'll be hearing from Peter Ollerenshaw, Yachal Opson, Jack Santa Barbara and Barb Robson. And I'll tell you a little more about each one when it's their turn to speak. Unfortunately, Astrid Sayer is down with a strep throat and won't be able to join us, at least not in this session, but I do hope to record her feedback a little bit later on. I also want to explain how the session will run. In the first of two phases, each of our five guests will have up to four minutes to share their views on what they've heard on the podcast series, plus if they wish to comment on mayoral candidates that didn't front up on our show, that is also in order. That's the session that will be broadcast on Fresh FM, but on the Resilience podcast, that will be expanded by a freewheeling follow-up discussion between the panellists on what they've heard from each other or on other related matters. So it's time to give the microphone to our first guest. It's lovely to be able to kick off this session with Peter Ollerenshaw. Peter is both an environmental architect with a passion for lowering the carbon footprint of our buildings, and a transport specialist who convenes Nelsust, the leading sustainable transport group in the Nelson-Tasman region. A warm welcome, Peter. I'm so looking forward to hearing your views, and thanks for being first off the starting block. Good evening, Lindsay. Good to be here. So... um um, it was interesting that Nick Smith and Tim Skinner declined to answer your questions, to join you in the, in the podcast. I think it speaks volumes about their refusal to participate. Um, perhaps they didn't want to ask the, answer the questions posed. And I don't really think Kerry Neal needs any discussion. Um, the others, though, um, interesting, Ali, Ali Cook, who was all about individual responsibility, which... I, I think that can be taken too far. Um, sure, people need to take some responsibility for, the, for their actions, but a, a lot of things are bigger than individuals. 
She was keen on solar without realising the daily and seasonal divergence between use and generation. She talked about cleaning out ditches, you know, as being really important. Whereas, you know, really there's bigger things than that. Talked about freight shifting and how there's no alternatives to fossil fuels at the moment without really realising about mode shift. You know, putting freight on coastal shipping to lower emissions or um, on rail. Mike Harvey, an appalling standpoint, really, that we, we sh- is suggesting we should stop thinking about global issues. Couldn't understand that. Loves growth. He's a capitalist, but wants serious green solutions. Hates working in groups. Yeah, un- unconvincing. He was all about plastic going to the oceans that were a major thing for him, um, tidying up the stormwater. So really, I think he had very little idea of the most important issues. Richard Ormiston was fascinating, as always. He's a very bright cookie. I'm not sure about about the money-free society curing all ills. His Spaceship Earth notion is really worth um, thinking about further, that things that you wouldn't do on a spaceship because it doesn't make any sense that's the sort of thing we should be thinking about not doing on Earth because it doesn't make any sense. We're a spaceship. Um, Tim King was surprisingly switched on. Um, and and I think he's what um, Jess Berenson Shaw would say, a surprising, um, a surprising person to front of view. He was surprisingly switched on about um, energy re- re- reduction and things that we need. But but coming from a farming background, you know, wearing cowboy boots, most um, a, a lot of People would listen to him where they wouldn't listen to the likes of um, James Shaw. Matt Lowry um, was an absolute step change. Yep, yep. Um, step change above everyone else in terms of knowledge of the real issues and great solutions. Rohan, like Matt, was again a step change beyond the other candidates. But a lovely vision of the Mai Tai, complete opposite of Ali Cook, thinking about an individual responsibility, whereas he, he was thinking about um, community. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. That's great. So, and you've given a really great overview. Now I'm delighted to introduce Yechal Upson, a catalyst, a connector, and mechanical engineer. Yechal leads social enterprise Novology, supporting clients to develop climate resilient strategies and disruptive products, such as what professors at University of California, Berkeley called the world's healthiest desk. Wow, that's great. He draws on intersectoral experience spanning transport, environment and technology. Welcome, Yechal. I'm really looking forward to hearing your input. Many thanks for having me, Lindsay. I, I think lying before us uh, is perhaps the biggest shot at cultural maturity uh, ever presented to mankind. Uh, it's as if the 2000s millennia is, is like preparing to interview for that dream job as a global civilization. And despite spending the noughties in denial and the teens in anger and bargaining and COVID and depression, I can see the evidence of growing acceptance, enough to fuel a deep hope that we can manifest this into meaning and direct action, uh, if not for our generation, for our grandkids. It, it is already time to imagine our future beyond decarbonisation. Uh, it's a theme I heard through these talks, and as Nick Agar puts it, to do so boldly um, as a form of insurance against uncertainty. Uh, I say, yep, let's take our host's uh, approach of a yes if rather than a no-because attitude uh, and explore the options to hand. To, to be clear, Lindsay, we, we do have ourselves a crisis, uh, an intense time of difficulty or danger, but it's one in which we can all play a part. 
series guest, Dr. Joanna Santa Barbara, put it beautifully in saying that we're part of a relay marathon across generations. Some of the greatest challenges include our own psychology, culture, and narratives. We, we find it hard to deal with nonlinear concepts like our exponential growth and consumption of energy and resources, or the tipping points scientists are warning about in our natural systems. There are some members in our communities who can see around the corner, the intuitives and systems thinkers, people with minds that join the dots. Our series guest, Professor Pat Bodger, noted that everything we buy or do consumes energy and gives rise to emissions. If we don't do something, we don't use energy or create emissions. And that's a neat switch. Uh, it's somewhere I suggest we begin. Messages I, I might address to our, our incoming counsellors, you know, primarily stop treating things in isolation. <laughs> a great, a great, um, great example of this is the current road speed strategy throughout our regions. Um, with a very, very close focus on, on road user safety and even more narrowly within that on the safety of um, impact. But we, we ignore the opportunity to merge that with all of the other factors involved, including road pollution, environment, uh, more livable cities and so forth. Um, start cross-training your staff now. The, the last couple of decades uh, hasn't been good reference material for, for the world that we're moving into going forward. Meeting the magnitude and urgency of the climate crisis means main, uh, while maintaining climate calm, is, um, as one contributor puts it, will require some more strategic support of our community. This demands better delegated authority within our government structures, um, but moreover, actively in seeking uh, seek enablement of uh, community innovation. Yeah, thank you. Many thanks, Yachal. It's now my great pleasure to introduce Jack Santa Barbara. Jack is a retired CEO with wide involvement in climate issues, such as being a director of Zero Carbon Nelson Tasman and a regular contributor for Newsroom. Jack also has a particular passion for energy issues and is a strong critic of shortcomings in government policy in the renewable energy transition. A very big welcome, Jack, and let's hear what you have to say. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for the opportunity. One of the things that really struck me in listening to the um, candidates' response to your questions was how difficult it is for candidates to actually formulate a useful strategy for climate change because we have a community that is very divided and or just doesn't know uh, what the magnitude of the, of the problem is, for one thing and how quickly things are changing and, and the actual existential risks that we're facing. It's very difficult, I think, for politicians to talk about these things because they're not popular. You know, and I, and I tried to think, well, what would I want to hear from candidates indicating that they really understood the climate issue and how it relates to the even broader environmental problems that we have and, and what would I like to hear them say about what they were going to do? And I realized that if I heard that from a candidate, that candidate would probably not be able to be elected. <laughs> so that's, that's mm. one of the dilemmas we, we face. And it struck me as I listened to the candidates' responses to your questions was that many of them had good ideas, but none of them had a comprehensive plan 
you know, um, I mean, sure, we, we need more active transport and public transport, and several, several of the candidates talked about that. Um, there are only a couple that talked about the need to actually reduce energy demand. And I think that was uh, very, very telling. And I think it was both Rohan and uh, Tim King that, that did that. And, you know, I, I guess if, if, if I were running, for example, you know, I, I, might, I might identify those sort of issues because it could lead to more policies and, and actions that uh, could actually get reduction in, in uh, energy demand. You know, without having to talk about things like energy descent, which none of the candidates gave any indication of being conscious of. So it was it was interesting too that Tim King talked about the problem of polarization. You know, he he was addressing this. You know that that uh, as mayor, he's already had to deal with you know multiple interest groups. I mean, that's part of what politics is about, isn't it? It's it's trying to balance the, the interest groups. But I was very disappointed in, in um, his response to how to deal with it. The idea was to compromise, you know, rather than go with the science, mm. uh, which was, again, a very political. So it, it's, it says as much about the political system that we're dealing with as it does about the candidates. And I think that's important for us to keep that in mind, because it, it tells us what we as the public need to be doing. Um, and that, that reminds me of another omission, that none of them mentioned the Nelson-Tasman Climate Forum, you know, which James Straw, for example, identified as one of the jewels of the, of the uh, climate movement in New Zealand. And so, you know, there, there is a model of trying to involve people and getting these good ideas and sorting them through uh, in implementation. So I, I hope that... Um, you know, whoever whoever becomes mayor will uh, reach out to the community and, and realize that politicians are not going to do this. You know, it's got to be the community. Yes. And um, none, none of them, for example, talked about a citizens' assembly as a way of trying to bring together the, the various issues and interest groups to actually come together and nut it out, you know, with, mm. with good facilitation. Having said all of that, I think there was also mentioned, someone else mentioned Rohan's had a vision. And, and I think that was great because none of the other ones actually presented a vision. I, you know, I could quibble with his vision, but at least he was thinking about a vision mm. and, and hope, presumably would be open to elaborations and modifications of it. And um, so to me, he, he would be a, 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 a desirable candidate for um, – for Nelson and for, for Tasman, I don't see the need to replace Tim. Um, you know, while there's while there's uh, additional things he might be doing, I, I don't see anybody who's going to do anything more than he already is. Thanks. Thanks, Jack. That's another complimentary perspective because you've got into the question of process quite a bit there, and that's wonderful. It's now a real pleasure to welcome Bob Robson to the show. Bob has had a multifaceted engagement with climate issues, ranging from climate justice to active transport to cultural and spiritual aspects of climate initiatives. She also brings an impressive track record in that oh-so-important arena of speaking truth to power. A very big welcome, Bob. I'm very much looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Kia ora koutou, and 
Um, I'm going to start with my view of a good mayor. They must firstly be able to bring the community along with them, being courageous, responsive, and a team player, and all that implies is vital. By responsive, I don't mean bowing to pressure groups. I mean being truly consultative when seeking and receiving public feedback, being respectful of the huge knowledge bank of council staff and empowering them to use it, valuing those things. The mayor has to be open to doing more than tweaking an old business as usual response. This takes courage and integrity. Secondly, they must have a sound grasp of the science behind climate change. They will need to understand their council's legal obligations through the Zero Carbon Act and the government's climate adaptation plan. I want to thank these six candidates. Their willingness to front throws into sharp relief the absence of Nick Smith and Tim Skinner. Now, some brief observations on the Tasman candidates. Mike Harvey suggests green technology will save us. He loves growth and doesn't seem to explain how that could fit with meeting emissions targets. Overall, he's short on detail and simplistic and not necessarily a team player. Richard Ormanston is aware of the threats and impacts of climate change. He observes we need to pull back on consumption. No argument there. An idealist without the pragmatism to carry his vision for any of his six councils. Ali Cook is conscious of her personal footprint. She struggles, however, to stay on topic and focuses on simplistic solutions. Tim King seems to have a good handle on issues. He says he is wary of quick fix solutions and talks about a range of concerns spanning green housing, the cost of not taking action and product stewardship. However, when offered an opportunity to show leadership over cancelling the Targa Motor Rally, he disappointingly chose business as usual. See the Nelson Mail, David Hansford article on the 17th of September. Now Nelson candidates, Matt Laurie addresses the need to pitch initiatives positively in terms of multiple benefits and building a sense of community. He's pushing for a people-friendly inner city living culture. An awareness of inequity is inherent in his advocacy for free public transport and social housing. He's thinking holistically and is committed to a wholehearted climate response. His positive image of Mayor Matt on a mayoral e-bike in a smart, climate-friendly city could, could work. Rohan O'Neill Stevenson Stevens shows an awareness of the science and the complexity of the issue. He promotes practical, adaptive measures and has an empathetic and inclusive view. He's aware of the need to invest early in climate resilience rather than to live with the cost of inaction. He's an expansive and quick thinker and an inspiring voice for the future. A very good reason why the voting age should be lowered so that those who will be most affected by climate change will get to exercise their vote in a next election. Kia ora. Kia ora, Bob. Thank you so much for that. And again, another wonderful range of perspectives.
This is being recorded the day after the main panel interview because I'm happy to say that Astrid Sayer has reported in that she's feeling miles better. So it's now a special pleasure to welcome Astrid to the show. Astrid is one of those articulate and engaged young people that makes an old dude like me feel very humble. She's currently a student at Nayland College and is a member of the Nelson Tasman Climate Forum and also on the Nelson Youth Council. Tenarque, Astrid, I'm dying to hear your views of what you've heard on the podcast series. Over to you. Kia ora, Lindsay, and kia ora koutou katoa. Nō tene maka me Aotearoa ahau, ko Astrid say atoko ingoa. Firstly, ngā mahi nui te Lindsay for his mahi with the series. It is so, so important for everyone to be informed when we place our votes, especially with such pressing issues this election. I'm 16 years old, meaning that I can't vote this election, but I still represent a large group of people with deep worry about the future of the planet. This is heightened by the fact that voting papers are not in our hands and that decisions often feel out of our influence. Therefore, I'd like to thank Lindsay again for inviting me to have my say, and I want to urge other people to think of young people and to listen to what the young people around you have to say. Seek and ask for our input as we are the inheritors of the planet. I was disappointed that no candidates talked specifically about our responsibility as a bicultural country founded by Te Tiriti o Waitangi. Matauranga Māori and Indigenous knowledge is crucial to our climate response and to understanding our environment and for finding solutions. This is especially important because Māori communities will be adversely affected by climate change. This particular point was picked up on by Rohana Neil Stevens in the Just Transition question. Next, here are my responses to candidates' answers to how they would use their climate action magic wand in order of the candidates who spoke, beginning with Matt Laurie. I really valued Matt's kōrero about embracing active transport in a whole new way, as he puts it. Matt struck me as a visionary in his interview. This made me feel hopeful, and the way he sold his magic wand idea of an active transport revolution showed me he has a very good understanding of the issue. Matt also discussed the necessity of positive action and how scaring people is not the way to go. I really appreciate this with my understanding of climate anxiety amongst young people. Rohan O'Neill Stevens evoked similar feelings for me. I live close to the Maitai and I loved how he spoke of the river as something to be invested in. He gave me a wonderfully holistic answer where he talked about the Maitai becoming a shared social space to support recreation, transport and economic opportunities. I think Rohan gave a fantastic response centred around the Maitai River, and he has proved that he has great ideas and vision. With Rohan being relatively young, I think he gives a unique perspective and one that I would say represents many young people. Next to Richard Osmonton. I appreciate Richard's passion for his cause, but unfortunately, throughout listening to his section, I really struggled to hear what climate action he thinks should be taken now and what he could do as mayor to support climate action. Sadly, I couldn't pick much out of, out of his response. After listening to the three candidates for Nelson, I definitely give my support to Matt Laurie and Rohan O'Neill Stevens. They will both lead us in the right direction. Next to Tim King, standing in the Tasman district. I noticed how he talked about wanting to have conversations with people with radically different views and to compromise to bring the majority of the community along with him. I admire his sentiment, however, his talk about compromising did concern me. When it comes to climate action, we need to do what is best for people and for our environment without compromise. He also talked about the difficulty of changing attitudes, which I agree can be a struggle, but also should be addressed to become a big part of our action if it's going to work. Next to Ellie Cook. Her accord at all about how she would wave her wand to make people take 
climate change seriously is something I know resonates with a lot of young people. For her interview in general, I also found it difficult to see what action she would take as mayor. Finally, to Mike Harvey. I really appreciated Mike's passion to find solutions and to learning, but I think unfortunately he showed that he wasn't particularly knowledgeable about climate issues. For mayor, we need someone who has clear visions and actions. After listening to all four of the Tasman District mayoral candidates, if I was to vote, I would put my reserve support behind Tim King. Thank you again, Lindsay, for the opportunity to share my reactions. Kia ora, Astrid. Lovely to get your insights and your your informed comments on, on the candidates' responses. Well, isn't it great to have such a range of well-informed views on such an important topic? And that almost brings to a close this radio series on Fresh FM, but not quite, because next week we have the final one of all when we hear what each mayoral candidate might conjure up with their magic climate strategy wand. So I do hope that you join us for that as well next week. Now, as always, I'll give you listening options. You can listen to the full interviews with each guest on their own podcast, plus all the background information at www.resilience, that's R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-Z, www.resilience.co.nz. And of course, you're listening to Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. Fresh FM broadcasts in Blenheim on 88.9, to Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0, to across the Nelson CBD on 107.2, and to the Nelson Tasman region on 104.8. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net, and podcasts of Climate Matters and of other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net and through the accessmedia.nz app. And on that note, I thank you so much for joining us. I do hope you found the panel discussion worthwhile. In fact, of course, you can stream the podcast of that and the following informal discussion with all the panel members from the Resilience website that I've just given you the address for. And I do hope you'll enjoy me for next week's session, which is the last of the entire series as we're now in the actual voting period for the elections. So... On that note, I look forward to your company again, and as always, Kia Kaha for the climate. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM the Top of the South's Community Access Media Station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other Community Access Media Stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.